Yo, what's up? Welcome back to another podcast with the Transfer Portal CFP presented by No Contact CFP. It's week seven. I'm not going to talk about how fast the season's gone by. That's kind of old to talk about at this point. We're flying by, so get on the track and race with us till the very end, and we'll figure out who's in the playoff at some point. Don't really care who makes it, just enjoying the show. And and for this show, we've got a very special guest today, Mr. Cole Adams, 68.7K subscribers on the YouTubes. No biggie. What's up, Cole? You're How too are you kind. Doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me, man. I, I'm excited to talk football, man. We got games already tonight. You know, Tuesday football is here. Tuesday football is here. They do. And by the time this podcast comes out, those three games will be over. So maybe at the end, we could just give some very awful predictions about the stuff that will happen in the Tuesday night games and probably be wrong. But, you know, <laughs> what what can you do? You should. I think we focus too much on people being wrong. Let's focus more on being right. That's more exactly. fun. Exactly. So, so let's get a lot of stuff right this week. Let's see uh, at the end for our, our our guest picker picks if you can, you know, take the reins right now. Eric we'll Edholm is at eight and two, so you need a nine and one slate to get to the top there. That's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough. It's a tough slate of games to pick from. I guess Ed Home might have got a cupcake week, but well, I can't wait to talk week seven with you, man. And, and yeah, again, like yo. Y'all listening, please subscribe and like this video and then go over to Cole's channel and subscribe to him. That's very important. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But make sure you hit the subscribe button here first. Obviously. Yeah, but then hit it over there. Suck it. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So the first thing is just that first thought when you look at the week seven slate. And for me, it's pretty simple. Okay. It's just, it's just. I don't know. I think I used this one last week, too. I'm not going to lie. The slates are just too uneven on Saturday. And I'm not understanding why this keeps happening. The morning slate is very lackluster. The afternoon slate, like, it's fine because it gives Washington, Oregon the rightful attention that it deserves. But then you get to nighttime, and there's, like, six, seven, eight games that I want to watch. I don't have that many eyes. I can't watch that many games at once, contrary to belief. It's like the second straight week now that there, maybe it's the third straight week. I don't know. It just keeps happening where there feels, it could be a month straight, where there feels to be a void of Pac-12 after dark, which doesn't make sense because it's so electric. Just let Arizona and USC talk to you about that. So, where are those games at? We have one game starting uh, at 7 p.m. Pacific or later this week, and it's at 8 p.m. Pacific because it's on the island in Hawaii against San Diego State. Why not put UCLA, Oregon State as that late night, 7 o'clock, 7.30 Pacific game? Why not? Like, I think Washington, Oregon probably should have been a night game too. It Maybe should be. Like, uh, I agree. Like that should have got primetime ABC, not Miami, exactly. North Carolina. But exactly. I don't know. Arizona, Washington State, should that be on Pac 12 Network at four? No, that should be like a seven o'clock game. Fox Sports One, ESPN Two. I don't care what network. I don't know what's going on with that. So that's my first thought. I'm getting very annoyed with this stuff. Wyoming <laughs> Air Force, we couldn't have that banger be at seven 
on, on Fox Sports One? Like, come on, come on. Very annoyed by it. Now I will say this as an East Coaster, okay? Oh, I like to I like to be able to go to bed at a decent time, not have to stay up until 2:30 a.m., which I like to do every once in a while during the season, like the Colorado State Colorado game or even Arizona and USC. Like I'm fine with staying up late for those, but to do it every week, it's a little, you know, it catches up to you, especially on the NFL Sunday when you got the game starting early too. But we're a college football podcast here, so we we're going to stick to the best sport, which is college football. But I will say, uh, you know, the, the slate's uneven. That's frustrating. You know, the big noon kickoff games always screw everything up when it comes to getting the big time primetime so games. Like, it's it's so it's, it's really frustrating, uh, especially as somebody that lives in the Midwest. And I like to go to Ohio State games. It sucks that all their games are on at noon, basically. But yeah, I, I do think that Oregon and Washington, I, that's the most excited game for me. Uh, the, the one actually really, like we said, the number one thing I'm looking forward to, though, this weekend is the state of Oregon. Like that's where my eyes are this weekend. I'm excited for both those teams, Oregon and Oregon state. Uh, well, Oregon's on the road, obviously, but those two programs and really just football up there in the uh, Pacific coast. Like I'm excited to see what goes on up there. There's doing good football out there in the PNW. The whole West coast is just playing really good football. And I'm glad that other people are, are getting to see that. And, and there's, there's, there's stuff happening that suggests people are paying attention. My, Michael Pence Jr. today just became the leader, odds-on favorite to win the Heisman, like plus 220, yeah. at plus 225. I was not expecting to see that today. Uh, that's crazy. I, that's nuts. Uh, Imagine saying that three years ago. I mean, he was always good, but it's just like the Indiana quarterback. Heisman, you know, it's just it's crazy. The I'm, injuries I'm, they dealt with, yeah, the even the injuries for sure. Faced, like it yeah. is, he he's one of the like best success stories in the sport. I think just absolutely how he's handled everything. I mean, he he's turned himself from a complete forgotten guy to like, yeah, I'll have a solid career at Indiana and be off. And I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? Why are we going to be talking about him in like 2028? Probably not. To he's now turned himself into legit Heisman winning threat. Uh, one of the best players in the country, bar none, controlling the best passing attack in the country, and a yeah. potential first round draft pick that has mm-hmm. a very bright future ahead of him, regardless of how old he is. Uh, what was he 24? So, like, who cares? Quarterbacks get yeah. the age all the time now, regardless of the injuries they sell with. Like, such a good story, yeah. And it, I mean, no pun intended, but that's why I love the transfer portal is because of players like him being able to go from Indiana to a place like Washington and to be, you know, to submit his legacy and become just an all time great college football quarterback with only like, you know, two years of being able to showcase it on a big time level at Washington. And I don't know. I just, the, the transfer portal is not always bad. It's not always bad. You get, you get good stories like this. It's, it's, it's a very, I suppose it's a mixed bag because like I'm all, I'm all for decisions being made. Like let, let a kid do what he wants. I'm not going to hate whatever they do is all good in my book. However, like, some kids just make the wrong decision and partly because of the, their camp and what they're advising them to do. And the portal will sometimes like, it'll just kind of bite, bite the guy in the butt. Like Dorian Singer going to SC, 
not a move that I was very excited about what, when it happened because you're transferring to, again, like good for him making the right, uh, making the best decision for himself or so he believed, but he went to transfer to a school that's got like 38 legit receivers in the receiving room. That's tough competition. Uh, and I don't know, he really hasn't meshed with Kale, but it stinks because he's too talented of a player to go out there and catch like two balls every week. Like, I don't know, like he should have transferred somewhere else and, and and been going crazy. Like, go to Oregon. Imagine what he'd be doing in Oregon with Bo. And it's just like, eh. so love the portal. I, I'm never going to hang on a kid for, for, for the decision that they believe is best. But sometimes, man, it, it, it hurts me when I see, because Dorian is not the only one. It just hurts when a kid makes a decision like that, that was not yeah. in their best interest, in my opinion. And then it turns out like, well, unfortunately, they ain't producing like they should. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more on that, man. It, it's tricky. The transfer portal is a tricky thing. I, I can't hate on a kid for wanting to do what they think is best for them, but it also stinks to see kids make wrong decisions based on what other people think they should do and then end up in a situation where nothing works out for anybody. So That's, that's not good. Look, we want these yeah. kids to get paid, paid handsomely with NIL and set themselves up for the best success possible so that NFL eyes are on and then – they're making more millions when they get that NFL draft payday. As we go into our storyline of the week that you're looking at, whether it be something great or terrible, I'm I'm going to stick with the portal here. I'm going to go with okay. Montez Walker. I, I think this is the best storyline to look at. He, he's playing in prime time on Saturday. Now he's playing against Miami. They don't have a look. If, if, if the new NCAA video game has the QB Neal and Christoph's playbook, like, yeah. throw the game away. Um, Devontae's Walker, though, what I mean, like, just talking about another good story in college football, and the NCAA wanted to ruin this kid and his family's life for absolutely no reason at all, except the National Clown Association of America had to punish somebody. They had to draw uh, uh, a sheet of paper out from a hat and pick a name, and they landed on Two guys, Devontae Walker and Zach Durfee. Uh, the Zach Durfee situation is quite awful. It doesn't make any sense. If I need to, I guess I could take this time to educate more people on it. Please, much please like, do. Much like Tez Walker, uh, Zach Durfee, pretty much a one-time transfer. He went to North Dakota State to go to algebra, calculus, whatever classes he was taking, astronomy. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't have his transcripts either. But he, Zach Durfee went to North Dakota State as a student, then decides one day, still kind of love football. I want to kind of go play football. So he transfers to the University of Sioux Falls, balls out there, and turns that into becoming a very coveted transfer and then goes to Washington, and it's October 10th, and his eligibility is still up in the air. They haven't said that they've denied it. They haven't said that they've approved it. They just haven't paid attention to the poor kid. Like, what are we doing? That is a one-time football transfer. And it's the same thing with Tez Walker. ETSU pulls their offer because of his ACL tear, so he doesn't get to go there at high school. Somehow still gets to NC Central, which is very impressive. Doesn't ever get to play there because of COVID. Somehow, someway, despite never playing a down college football in his career, platforms 
FCS and HBCU schools into a, a starting job at Kent State. I you can't say enough things about how unbelievably impressive that is. Ball's out there. He's on my radar. I think he's one of the best players in the portal when he enters. I think he was the best player in the portal when he entered, especially we're talking about skill position players. I think he's top 50 Apple draft pick. Gets North Carolina, and the NCAA says, nope. And then for some reason, they they finally, after all the bullying, apparently bullying worked in this case, and got the NCAA be like, okay, we'll, we'll approve them. Then the NCAA just decided to flip the blame on North Carolina. What was that about? So after a six-catch, 43-yard effort against Syracuse in a blowout win, Tez Walker now has the stage. He's got a game under his belt, and he's going to go nuclear against the U. And he's going to score two touchdowns in this game, and he's going to have like a 40-plus touchdown bomb on a vertical from Drake May that's going to get people oohing and on. And the NFL, the NFL draft talk is going to be so much back in full force. And everyone's favorite player now, your favorite player's favorite player might be Tez Walker at this point. Can't wait to see his get ball out. That's my storyline to watch this week. Tez Walker, two touchdown day, over 100 receiving yards. Take it to the bank, 40-plus yard touchdown. I love it. I, I love that you're giving him that platform. And I do believe that he's going to go off, too, because that Miami locker room, I, I don't know how they're going to oh, bounce God. back from what, what happened to them. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, there's nothing else to say. It's it's bad. Uh, but my storyline, I did already kind of spoil it because I – brought it up already it was the state of Oregon those two teams uh, I'm really excited to see what both Oregon and Oregon State do this weekend that's kind of where my eyes are going to be especially as an East Coaster uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see how Oregon does against this Washington D or offense because Washington's offense is just so electric and I don't know if you asked me to pick a game this college football season that I was most excited for I think this was probably going to be it so I, I'm really excited to see what just happens in this matchup because I've been waiting all season for it and Washington looks better than advertised and Oregon honestly looks better than advertised too. So I'm excited to see just what happens. It is. I mean, like this has game of the year potential for so many reasons. The, the deep, the deep rooted hatred that these two programs have for one another, both passing attacks are lethal, amazing coaching on both ends. Like, yeah. Dan Lanning against Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb is going to like do as much as he can to, to, to just get a big time payday, a blank check from a major school or NFL team after the season and in the talent on display, the receivers, there's still good defenders out there. Like the, there's no shortage of talent in this game. It's going to be a beautiful scene up in Seattle at Husky Stadium. I can't. I know. Wait. I hope the weather's good. I don't know what the weather's projected to be, but I hope they don't get rained on. I just hope it's clear skies. You know, just battle it out and on the bay. You know, that's what everybody wants to see. A blizzard for a quarter wouldn't be bad either. All right. I will say we could get one quarter of some crazy weather. Just not the fourth. Not the fourth. Like the, the, this could this both teams could score 40 in this game. Uh yeah. it's really gonna be about which defense gets it just gets a stop and then kind of yeah. fuels the fire and helps their offense out and just to, to extend the lead to double digits or something. And I I mean we'll talk about this game and who we pick later, but I sure. can't wait. I think I I mean, what are the AP buffoons got these fellows ranked? I, I think like, seven and eight, maybe seven and eight. Like that's too low. I've got Washington at one. I've got Oregon at three. I think these are two of the best three teams in the country. I, I agree. I think they've proved that. And 
I mean, but if, if for everyone that keeps saying the Pac-12 is the best conference in America, I sure don't see your rankings backing that up. I know. What are the AP voters doing, man? <laughs> not watching football. Yeah. It's time, time for them to give you a vote. Not watching. Yeah. I don't know. I think the unfortunate thing here is I think I've shot myself in the foot and I don't think I could ever get an AP vote because I have thrashed them way too much because I mean, I think it's rightfully so like, and I think I it's like who, which one carries the vote more over from week to week. Is it the coaches or is it the associated press? Because it feels like, you know, sometimes they don't really change their rankings based on stuff. They just kind of keep it the same. And it's like, man, you're, yeah, it's like which one? Which one's worse though? At it, you know, like that's the I question. Even, I don't even. I just completely ne- neglect the neglect coaches the coach. poll. And Idaho in the FCS coaches poll starting season was ranked like thirteenth. I, I thought, oh wow. I mean that. What are those coaches smoking? I know. <laughs> I know was clearly a top four team entering the season in the FCS, but nonetheless, talking FBS. Um, actually, we will talk about it a little later. But um, yeah, the Kibby Dome. It's gonna be rocking. It is. But like, I I just don't understand what these voters be doing. They they cling on to what they thought about in June and July and August too much. That's and... the worst is when people don't change their opinions and just try to stick it out. It's like it's okay to change your opinion. Nobody yes. should know in June and July. That's nobody should know. You know, it's... your your brain is a good old sponge. Like soak up all this stuff that you're watching every Saturday yeah. and and just figure it out and adapt 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 yeah. adapt and, and and what i've said a few times now is i think that my passion gets mistaken for hatred and i ain't hated i just so very much want for the sport who people all across the the u.s now are kind of realizing college football really might just be the best sport that that we have and and I know, like, you and I and playing with other people would agree, but, like, people who don't live and breathe the sport are starting to share that take. It's nuts to see them. They're respecting the atmospheres and everything. And just, yeah, they're in awe of the sport. And it's like, we have an, like, for, for the common fan, for so many fans to get a read on if a good, if, if a team is good or not, they go to the top 25 and they take a look and they scan and they say, well, Georgia's up the top, Michigan, Ohio State, and then at the bottom you've got like Kentucky and well, they must be good. And it's like I just want the sport <laughs> to be represented in the best way possible. There ain't yeah. no way Ohio State is a top three team in the country right now, let alone top five. There's just no way. It's just yeah, they've got a lot, they've got a lot they need to work on on that offense. They, I, do, they have man. a lot they need to work out. They do. Instead of bashing them, since I'm getting called the biggest Ohio State hater on the app, which it's pretty rich because the last few years I've been told I'm a very big Ohio State homer. Uh, just tell it how it is, I suppose. Let's talk about your YouTube success because you've been sure, killing yeah. it over there. Oh, and, and too I, kind. I, I want I want you to uh, you know take the time to talk about your YouTube success, how it began, how it's sure. continued, and then you know some plans that you might have for the future or whatever. Like just just take yeah. time to talk about. It. Okay. Uh, well, on YouTube, I talk about uh, mainly college football and college basketball. I've tried to narrow my focus down. I'm just a really big sports fan, so I like to talk about really everything in sports. But YouTube algorithm, man, it really wants you to just narrow down and focus in on something. So college sports is kind of it's something I'm really passionate about, and it's it's honestly my favorite thing to watch is both college football and college basketball. So I 
and talk about college uh, football. And I, I try to touch on uh, on trending topics and just kind of give an opinion on them, make a little bit of a story, make a little bit of a video essay, you know, kind of do that type of thing, whether it's a controversial topic like commercials in college football or whether it's a amazing topic that everybody loves, which is the Big Ten commercial. Uh, everybody loves the Big Ten commercial. You'll never see anybody hate on it. It's a work of art, and I hope they obviously make the adjustments when Washington, UCLA, Oregon, and uh, USC join. Uh, but yeah, I talk about really all sorts of college football topics. Uh, it could vary from anything to whether it's Biff Pogey at Charlotte or I don't know. It, I, I really kind of touch on whatever comes to my mind and I find interesting to myself. So that's kind of what I do over there. So yeah, that's that's what the YouTube channel does. Uh, hopefully I'm able to take it a little bit forward with uh, the season winding down. It's crazy that we're already halfway through. But uh, yeah, uh, college basketball season is something I'll be talking about too uh, this year and I'm just excited for that to be coming soon, which is in a month. So yeah, that's the YouTube channel for you guys. That's what I kind of do over there. Yeah, it's it's very good stuff. Um, Thank you. The 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 first time I got familiar with your channel is okay. Like two people tweeted me that you put me in like your kind of like what to look oh. for to this season video, and then like three people DM'd it to me. I was like, hey, I, that's, that's crazy. Cool. So that was more the first people. Time I got familiar with your channel. More people probably DM'd you that than they DM'd me, which is just hilarious. Yeah, I made a list about like 100 things that I just personally love about college football. And it could vary from things like these schedule posters behind me or Oregon's mascot, uh, Puddles the Duck. Like it could vary from anything like that. And one of the things I mentioned was uh, no context college football because I just find it fascinating how you're able to keep up with everything in the sport. And you're always on it, man. You've, you've always got everything posted instantly so i i find you very impressive i don't know how you're able to do that but uh yeah so i added you to the list i i did it secretly too i didn't text or tell you i was going to do it so yeah i forget what number i was but i i scrolled instantly to to the part that people told me i was in what the it was like that that, that's pretty cool let me give this awesome a, a sub and a follow and Thank and, you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like your your college football is a massive commercial problem has 252k views. Um, yeah, we could we could make a whole hour long podcast no, just talking about how the commercial problem with college football. Yeah, the, the issue is after every like two sentences, we have the equivalent to a college football game would be, yeah, you know, like if you have a sentence after this, then we're going to commercial, and then we're coming back exactly. in three sentences, and then we're off to commercial. What are we doing? I don't know um i really don't know you should uh, have you done a, a video on overtime rules and the the two-point conversion off uh no i have not I done a video about that i i think you're again oof. yeah i think you might be right on that one god i can't what? believe they changed that uh, all, like... all because of that uh what was the game it was uh it lsu lsu a and m 74 yeah. 72 yeah chase the rules committee man it, it it doesn't and it's not it's like it, it, buffalo i forget who buffalo played they played someone like a week or two before that a lsu game where they also went like seven or eight overtimes and had a high scoring game and it's just like why i don't understand why you would want to take that away from the sport just because of one or two instances, like it happened, it's like truly one in a million. Like if you had odds at at a sports book of a game going to seven overtimes, where are the odds going to be? Are are you literally betting a dollar to win like 
80k or some ridiculous number. It's like they're the 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 odds that that happens are so slim. And when it happens, it's just pure chaos and pure bliss for college football fans. It's pure. It's so it's, it's the same thing with for a fan. It's the same thing, and it's perfect to wearing a hockey jersey. Hockey, real quick, in overtime in the playoffs, sometimes the games last because of overtime. Like nobody scores a goal, the players are tired. But I find those moments awesome, and they never they don't happen all the time. So they don't need to make a rule change because it's not like it happens once a year. Like there's one game that just drags on, and to like make a rules change to just impact all of the sport, I just. I would hate, you know, I, that's what I, I get upset with about with college football is they made the rule change and it's like it didn't need to really be made because it doesn't happen very often. You know, yeah, so the the Jackets Lightning game that went forever and then of yeah, course most recently Panthers Canes, which yeah, it was like it's just you cannot your eyes are glued to the television. The ratings are good. You cannot look away. The difference in you know the beginning of the game to the to the end of regulation to how a crowd sounds when you're at like that fourth overtime and playoff hockey game or you're in seventh overtime is so nuts just the the mood changes the momentum and again most recently we just had Arizona SC go to triple OT and and they're core memories too for people that they are you don't often get and it's like to take that away from rule changes is just dumb because it doesn't happen often. And when it does, everybody remembers it. So and like everyone can, talks about it. And exactly. The sport and, exactly. Oh my goodness. It's so idiotic. I man. hate when they do that. Yeah. And anyway. it also like, it just doesn't help an underdog in my opinion. Like, like yeah. Arizona, well, when you get to a two point off, uh, I, I guess the big 10, we can exclude Illinois. Penn State because the big gross <laughs> brand of football. But when yeah. you're in a two point off like that and you have to go against Caleb Williams every play, well, guess what? Good luck. It is you know. a massive talent cap. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you are now, uh, I forget what the spread was in that game, but you are now punishing that massive underdog so greatly, which then you, again, like plays into another thing. It's like, well, why didn't Arizona just go for two after they scored the touchdown at the end of the first overtime? It's just, yeah, I, I don't have I, answers for that, but I would just like for, I just want the sport that we all know and love back. The overtime rules that everyone unanimously said was great, blew the NFL out the water. And now, I mean, you could flip a coin, literally flip a coin a la the NFL. What is worse, NFL overtime or getting to a two-point off in, in college OT? They're yeah. both awful. Yeah. It's it's frustrating, man. It's, fr it's frustrating. <laughs> very, very frustrating indeed, which is perfect because now I want to ask, how do you maximize having the most fun watching college football? Okay, for me – my number one thing that I love doing is going to games. So like, that's what I love to do. However, you can't always do that. And when I can't, what I like to do is to just have three or four TVs set up and watch everything and follow on Twitter too, because I feel like the Twitter atmosphere has gotten a lot better on college football. Uh, obviously accounts like yours, yours uh, and like the sickos committee, you know, they've, 
they focused in on making those really niche games that nobody's watching, nobody cares about. They made it in, they make it into something that matters. Cause your big games that you're gonna get with like the SEC or the, you know, the big new kickoff games, like everybody's watching those. So you could talk to your mom or your you know, your uncle or your neighbor about those games and they probably have had, they probably were watching them. But it's like, was anybody watching Liberty and uh uh Jacksonville State? You know, it's like, you know, it's nice to have a community like Twitter or the sickos or yours, you know, watch that type of stuff. So like that's something that I enjoy doing is is just putting four TVs on and then following everything on Twitter. That's kind of what I like to do. You know, obviously, I also love doing that. I can't really speak to going to games because I have immersed myself into the Twitter galaxy. Um, it's probably tough for you because you yeah. follow everything online and you have to post. And it's like, you're probably not able to go to a lot of games. And if you were, it's only the, you know, the weeknight games, but even then you're still posting about them. So I get that probably is tough. It, it is. I have, I, I, so the last game that I went to, uh, the Texas Bowl invited me for, for Ole Miss Texas Tech. Uh, so I oh, went to awesome. that. I was kind okay. of like, it, it was sick. It, it was a really yeah. dope experience. And like, I gotta go to the um to the rodeo that they do the day before the game. Uh, okay. And like met Lane Kiffin there and got a picture with him. And the, the rodeo nice. thing was wicked. Like that was actually, I didn't think it would be fun, but it was actually pretty sick. Um. But but yeah, like covering that was was really dope. Um, but I was like, well, the holiday bowl, UNC Oregon, I miss so oh, you many missed good it. moments. Yeah, yeah, and, that's the tough thing. And and I don't like missing out on that stuff. I really don't. And thankfully, I had like I had someone help me out r- running the account that day, which I greatly appreciate. And. He also did when I had to fly back the next day and I'm watching Florida State, Oklahoma battle for the Cheez-Its on, on the airplane <laughs> TV, which don't love. But yeah, doing it on a plane yeah, too. Like that's like, yeah, I it's, don't like having to miss college football. It is such a tricky balance, man. It's like, cause the worst thing too, is you go to a game and it's like, you don't have service. You know, it's like, that's another problem. Cause you can't even follow online or, so it's it's tricky, but I live in an area. I live in Ohio, so I'm like I've got a lot around me. I I, I don't know where you live, but like for Vegas. me, I could go. To, okay, you live in Vegas, so it's probably tougher to get to places. But for me, it's like I've got all the Big Ten schools near me. I've got Cincinnati near me, and then all the Mac schools. So it's like it's easier for me to go to a game and get home the same day. For you, it's probably like it's probably pretty tricky, or you got to fly out somewhere. Yeah, I I'm coming into the season. There was one game, and now there's two games, but there was one game that I really wanted to go to. And I kid you not, it's just oh, weeknight matching. I believe it's a Wednesday night, and there's only one other Mac game during it, which I'd be fine missing. Hopefully get someone else to run the account for a night. Central Michigan at Ohio. I just kind of wanted to go to that game. And I don't know if I'll be able to. But, uh, uh, be I've been I've game. been to Ohio. It's it okay so real quick i went to an ohio game and on my way back it was a night game i drove two hours through fog the entire time oh, it was horrible it was horrible but it's a great it's a great atmosphere for the mac and it's a pretty cool stadium so yeah yeah, yeah and I, I love that ohio team but uh i don't know it might be tough was it this year or was it last yeah, year it'd be this year. this year it might be tough to pull off though uh then the other game i mean 
I don't love the idea of missing a conference championship. I'd have to miss the conference USA, which looks like it'll be a pretty fun conference championship. But yeah. it's like I love Western Kentucky. I know they'll be there. It'll probably be Liberty. It's just gonna be a great matchup. But getting to see the final Pac-12 championship. Like, yeah. If I could is, get to that. Yeah. Is that in Vegas, right? It is. It is. So it's no yeah. trouble at all, aside from like getting credentialed or whatever. They uh, need to credential you because you have a big impact on college football. So if you don't get credentialed, there's something wrong with the credentialing process. I'm just. Else, if someone else could run the account for me that night so I could yeah. watch that live and hopefully. That it's needs like, to happen. I'm hoping it's Washington, Oregon 2.0. I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that because they're the two best teams all around. Yeah. Uh, as for how I'm, I, I don't even think I have to answer that. I think my Twitter account and everything speaks to it itself. Speaks. That's how I maximize the most fun. We'll watch a college football. I think eventually, though, uh was talking about with my friend uh, and brother the other week because he, he went to Colorado or Oregon, my friend, like, and he's okay. not even a college football guy. And then he was, he just became all in on college football because of that game, because of the atmosphere getting to, yeah. to, to live in that environment. It was like, there's nothing better than this. How deafening loud it could get to how definitely quiet. That's why it make any sense. That's why I love college football so much is because the atmospheres are the closest thing we get to like European soccer or, you know, soccer around the world. The atmosphere is at college games because the band because of the student section, because I and mean, there's so many factors. It, it's why I love going to games. So, yeah. So I was talking about with him and, and my brother, and I was like, well, I like, I asked them, like, do you know about the people that will like road trip out to games every, every week every, and go like as many games as possible? I don't want to do that. I think that's a little too extreme. I don't want to live in the <laughs> car and like, yeah drive everywhere i have zero interest in that yeah that's not fun interest if we all make a a billion dollars why not one season like go out and just fly uh to like two games a week like a a weeknight game a a saturday game and just and just do that for a whole season go across the whole country like that could be a good way to maximize the most fun having college football yeah the car trips and everything either yeah, the car stuff it 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 gets to you. I don't know. There's some people that have gone on. Uh, like there was a guy last year. He went on a college football tour, and he drove everywhere. I think his name was Ben Chase. He did yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know how he lived in that car or drove. He drove all <laughs> all throughout the day. Like I could not do that. And then he 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 was like, gang on TV like every single broadcast that but by seasons and by that final month that half it seemed like and well he I, earned it because driving did. all day from utah to coastal carolina i don't know how that's even physically possible yeah rogers doing it now left his job yeah. at the ringer to do it which is just crazy to think about like it's just it's just one of those one literal, literal once in a lifetime opportunities that that you'll never forget. So it's cool to see so many people doing that. Um, yeah. That, that'll that take us to our next topic, though. The game you want more people to talk about this week. What is the one under-the-radar game that you just want more people to care about? And I'll start, and okay. I, I'll give two, because one of them's happening 
tonight slash when you're seeing same this with yesterday. one of my picks yeah same with so one of my picks actually i could give, give three because i think tonight's slight's crazy but obviously liberty jacksonville state exactly Coastal yeah. carolina app state the hatred that those two programs share for one another is so yeah. so innate and there's so much good talent on display there i can't wait to see nate noel uh most importantly, because unfortunately the coastal offense has taken a step back. So I really want to see how Nate Noel at App State thrives. Love his game as a running back. I've thought of him as an NFL prospect for a few years now. I think he really could get to to the F. I've been hearing like evaluators talk very highly of him, which makes me very happy. And Jordan Favors at safety is just a, a headhunter and a good ball hawk and could be a good transfer candidate at the end of the season. But uh the other game I wanted to talk about was actually on Friday, too. So it's going to get yeah. uh, rightful praise. It's easily the best game on Friday. It's Tulane Memphis. I think that is going to be That's a, gonna be a war. seismic game. It's going to be crazy. Uh, I, I think, truthfully, I mean, we're going to pick this game. I think both teams are evenly matched. I don't know I, where yeah. I'm leaning. Tulane's fair by four and a half. I I think I think the best player on the field in this game is Memphis running back Blake Watson. What he could do is not only a running back, but as an option in the passing game. It's just so dynamic, and it, it's going to be a sixty minute battle. And it's hard to win at Memphis. Uh, Tulane yeah. proved me wrong. They're I thought they would regress this season. They haven't. They might like. If you, if you match this two-lane team against last year's two-lane team, I legit think I take this year's two-lane team. I just think that they're better really? all around. I think they're wow. a better all-around team, but I don't know if the success is going to translate to to the same level. Like, you can't hit lightning in a ball like that or whatever yeah. twice. Like, it's so hard to do. But uh, I don't know. It's like that two-lane defense is so impressive to me. The way that they those guys fly to the ball, their closing speed – it's scary, and I cannot wait to watch that matchup between Blake Watson and Tulane's defense that just swarms dudes. Yeah, uh, that's a that's gonna be a good game, and I can't wait to pick that because I I still don't even know where I'm leaning. So yeah, oh, yeah. But for me, again, I think tonight, even though this is already gonna happen once this releases, because it's easy to forget that there's football on Tuesday already. So it's like. Those are those are the games I think that are underrated just because one Liberty and Jacksonville State, you know, they only have one loss between both those teams. And uh Jamie Chadwell is once again doing his thing, uh, going over to Liberty. I'm a big fan of his, and I thought that he should have gotten bigger looks as a, a head coach. And I don't really think I mean 100%. Liberty was yeah. I it, one that I, I always tell my friend this, he's a big Virginia Tech fan. I always thought that Virginia Tech should have looked at him. Uh, to be their next head coach because I like the offense that he runs and obviously he's still keeping it up at Liberty. So I'm excited for that game. And uh, I didn't really have another one, but I, I guess I'll go with the other one that will be tonight too is uh, Appalachian state and the team that Jamie Chad will coach coastal uh, coastal hasn't been as good as they were with Jamie there, but that's gonna be a great atmosphere between two fan bases that don't like each other. And maybe the leaves have started to turn uh, down there and Boone. I don't know for sure, but it's going to be a good atmosphere anyway. So yeah, those are my two. Yeah. And just a phenomenal atmosphere that, that we'll will have at, at both games and the helmets that Jacksonville stay is wearing tonight slash tomorrow. Uh, sorry. Tonight slash yesterday. Immaculate I'll have to look. I, I don't know what they look like. 
if if you want to go on Twitter right now, just check out Jacksonville State's uh football game. Just to. look, unbelievable helmets. It's an immaculate okay. uniform. I believe they're going full on whiteout tonight. It, it's an oh, boy. incredible look. Okay, well, here it is. Here's the reveal. Okay, yeah, they're wicked. Yep. They're wicked. They're wicked. I might have man. They might. They might just win because of that alone. The Dang. helmet is just. Uh, it truly is immaculate. Like I don't know how else to explain. It. That that's nice. That's nice. All right, man. We uh, weekly thing we do is is player focus. One power five player, then one group of five player slash FCS player. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Okay, I'll I'll go first. There's one player that I'm fascinated to see this weekend, and it's can Sam Hartman lead them to a win? You know, like in a big time game that they need because, you know, Sam Hartman he was a Heisman contender like three weeks ago, and now like the team's just completely fallen apart, and it's like they could really redeem themselves if they beat USC, and they need him, and he's supposed to be the guy that can like lead them, and I think their offense needs to just produce more, like especially having him as your quarterback, like he really needs to take over the game. That's kind of like, that's the one player I'm really curious about because I think that Notre Dame's just in a, in a, they're in a crisis mode at the moment and things could go very south if they lose this game and they can't produce on offense. And if Sam Hartman's the guy that he has been hyped up to being and because of his age and his experience, he really needs to come through for them in that game. So that's my guy. That's who I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what he does this weekend. I think that that's a very good pick. Do you have a, a group of five or FCS player that you're looking forward to as well? I'll give you another quarterback. It's Michael Pratt. Is he going to lead them to the win over Memphis? You know, I I, I got to stick with the quarterbacks because I just feel like they have, you know, they, they control a lot of the game uh, just because they have the ball in their hands the whole game. So it's like, I'm going to go with Michael Pratt in that game too, because that could really that's going to be a war and that's going to come down to the end. And I think that Michael Pratt's going to have the ball in his hands and he's going to be the big factor. And if they win or lose that game. So they're my two guys for you. Hopefully I didn't steal anybody from you. No, you didn't. I'm going to be honest, man. I, uh, last year, two years. Uh, so last two years, like, yeah, I've done my like notes before and stuff. I haven't done any notes at all for any podcast this season. And I haven't okay. done any like player focus or anything. <laughs> I don't know who I'm picking until we get there. Yeah. Picking Devontae Walker. Uh that's about a great earlier. pick. Yeah. Talk about him earlier. Then so so I'm not gonna like add many more words to it. I kind of gave the prediction I think 100 plus receiving yards, two touchdowns, uh and, and a, a touchdown catch of 40 plus. Uh my other pick Going to the FCS, I want to go to one of the two best players in the FCS. I think it's one, William and Mary's John Pius, who's going to be a legit NFL draft prospect. And then two, Idaho wide receiver Hayden had and do it all. I thought he might have hit the portal after last season and gone to maybe like an Arizona State. He's a Scottsdale kid. I thought the fit made sense. It's by far easily the best receiver. Okay, sorry, not easily because Ty James at Mercer is a star in his own right. I think he is also a top five player in the FCS. He and Hayden Han, the two best receivers in all the FCS. Hayden Han's a special player who is reminiscent to Cooper Cup in a sense because okay. he does it all. It's not about – so as, as a kid – 
that for some reason spent college football Saturdays with one TV watching Eastern Washington at times, just for Cooper Cup and Vernon Adams and, and like neglecting like top 25 matchups that were on because I want to watch Adams and Cup. I see some of the same things with Haddon that I saw with Cup. I don't do player comparisons or anything. I hate that stuff. Yeah, it's you just, too. It, it's the do it all, the focal point of the offense. If the ball is in that guy's hands, we know that we have the best player out there and that he's just going to make a special play happen. And so Idaho unblocks so much elite potential from Haddon, whether throwing him a ball on a, on a strike downfield or a quick slant or, hey, end around, boom, trick play, Haddon's throwing the ball downfield, and you know it's going to be a precise touchdown throw. Like, he just – he's got a great arm. And, and that yeah. reminds me of Cooper Cup because I can remember Cooper at Eastern Washington ever so often would take an end around – would end up throwing the pass downfield and it's a good strike. And those two guys just, they, there's just something about elite receivers in the big sky and just being do it all guys. And both of them are. And I mean, I can't say enough good things about Cooper cup, obviously in his career has gone nuclear. Uh, I mm. don't foresee that same all-worldly, all-galaxy-level, shout out Mark Helfrick, uh, success from Hayden Hatton. I think he could be a solid NFL pro, and I think more people should get to know the name and have their eyes locked down on him on Saturday night because uh, Vandal's playing on, on national TV, man. Yeah, I saw that because that's one of the games we're picking. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to actually watch this because this it was is, on It's on. What's it on ESPNU, I think. And... I, think it's on, I think it's on ESPN, too. I could or two, be wrong. I yeah, could be wrong. it's even better. Okay, but well, dude, yeah, the... I I enjoyed listening to you talk about the FCS a little bit because I certainly haven't kept up with the FCS this year, and you just went on and you just did your thing, and props to you, man. You've done your homework. I I could not tell you anything about the FCS at the moment besides the Idaho game because we're going to talk about it. It is ESPN too. That's awesome. That Kibbe is Dome, awesome. The Kibby the Kibby Dome is back on national television. Let's massive, go. Massive. Like, Everybody wants to see that. Let's go. <laughs> we do. I just I just I these big sky games, man. Like I think that FCS games should get more national TV love. Like I, I think North Dakota, South Dakota State should be on ESPN two like every season. I would play the game on Friday yeah. night. Every season I play the game on Friday night, ESPN two every year get the most mm-hmm. eyes on that possible. The FCS has so many unbelievable matchups that should be on national TV every week. Like, throw it on ESPN News, ESPNU. I don't know. It, they need to be on TV, though. So when we get into that October, November part of the season, the Big Sky, who has done a great job of promoting themselves and elevating their brand, they're the best conference in FCS Like now. Like, we could say that. I think unanimously, which is so impressive to think about because the stranglehold that the MVFC had on it, like the big sky being able to platform that league and get these games on national TV, it's so impressive. You watch like Brawl of the Wild, Montana, Montana State last year, I believe was, I, I believe that was on uh, ESPN2. Mm-hmm. The, the snow, the. Yeah, the snow. It, it is magical. It, it is. And, and and one of the best games, I think, of the entire 2022 college football season was 
Incarnate Word, Sacramento State, ESPN. Yes, U I know exactly. ESPN2 playoff game. Yeah. I forget the final score. Maybe it was like 63-61 or something. It was something around that. I remember I remember that game, yes. Yeah, we, we talked about that game in depth on our preview. It was 66-63 Incarnate Word one. We talked about that game in depth on our preview. And that's where my I, I'm a Patriots fan. So Marte Mapu came from Sac State. So there's a guy and yeah, big impact on that game too. Well, it, not on not really because the defense let up so many points, but it was a great game. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Like Lindsey Scott was so good in that game. And we talked about that game in depth leading up to it. And we made predictions. And I believe it was me and me and our guy Andrew Wilson, who's no longer with uh, the transfer portal, but was doing great things and another part of the college football industry. But we both like we're, you know, we did our FCS playoff prediction show, and we both had Incarnate Word in the Final Four, and we were like, eh, well, our brackets are very similar. There's just no way that this stuff's gonna work out. But yeah. then we started talking about that game, and we were like, you know. We both agree. I think there's going to be a hundred plus points score in this one, and we undersold it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was a crazy man. game. It was. It was. I mean, I, I forget who it was. One of the players on Sac State took a fan's beer and poured it on them after. It's just yeah. The FCS is different. I can't wait to to talk about Montana Idaho at the end of this, but we'll, we'll yeah. make some game picks now. Starting with Tulane Memphis. Um, personally, I, geez, I don't know where I'm going. I can start. I can start no, for start? you. Okay. I'll start. I'm going with Tulane because I said Michael Pratt, the ball was going to be in his hands at the end of the game. So I'm going with Tulane in that. And I do think it's going to be close. And I really could go Memphis here because I know those, those night or those weeknight games, Memphis seems to always get, and it's always a crazy atmosphere there. So I could really see them pulling this out, but I'm going to trust Michael Pratt to get the job done. I, you saying Michael Pratt, the ball at the end of the game, puts a very bad memory into my head. Of okay. A few weeks ago, Navy at Memphis, when Navy got hosed by the chain gang. So yeah. give me Memphis banking on if this is a close game, the refs, the chain gang to, uh, Maybe the their the maybe their zebra stripes are a little Memphis Tiger. Yeah, stripes. no doubt. That's a that's a good point. That is a good point. Next we up, have to go a little different on some of them. So we do, yeah. we do. We can't pick the same ten. Although somehow, some way, I'm second in the standings, which I've been very bad the last two seasons, like bomb of the barrel. So I don't know how I'm up there right now. <laughs> Georgia Southern, James Mass is next. I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. Taking James Mass and. Uh, this is the class. This is the prototype of if you're an FCS school moving up to the FBS, this is the level that you want to replicate. It's as simple as that. James Madison learned from App State. Jacksonville mm-hmm. State is possibly learning from James Madison. Next up, another program will be learning from Jacksonville State and James Madison and App State. Like James Madison, they are a special program whose best years are way down the road. Uh, these guys can easily be in the power five conversation when we're talking about the next realignment. Yeah. I'm going to go with you as well on that one. I, I think that James Madison wins. Uh, you basically said exactly what I believe too. So I'm going to follow you with that one. James Madison, the Dukes. I am surprised that that one's only a four and a half point spread. I am. Okay. Interesting. Next up, uh, Oregon, oh, Washington. Boy. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> 
the, the game of the one. year for us, right? <laughs> is. I, I, I think that this could go either way. I truly do think that this could go either way. But coming into the season, I was just higher on Washington than really anyone else in the Pac-12. I was just higher on them. I kept telling people, if you're so high on USC, then you should be 10 times higher on Washington because they, they're That's just a good SC point. with a better defense. Yeah. So I've been riding this Washington train. I ranked them number one earlier than other people. I ranked them number four to start the season, which preseason polls, I hate them. Who cares? Only did it because of water gun to my head, whatever. I've believed in this Washington team. I picked them to make the playoff. I think that they're a national championship contender, best passing attack in the country. I'm going to take Washington. Respect. I am going to take Oregon. I'm taking Oregon. And I, I know this is tough. It's like picking your children, you know, because I love both of these teams. They're great for the sport. Like everything about what they do, I love. They're not annoying teams to me. I, I like, I enjoy watching them play, but I just, I'm going with Oregon because I just, I feel like I've been a little bit more impressed with them all around as a team. And maybe the defense and Dan Lanning is going to be able to come up with something to slow down this Washington offense. I don't know. This is one of those where I could go either way. And I want to pick Washington because I do agree with you on a lot of your points that you make. I do believe they are a playoff contender. And obviously if they run the table, they should make it. But I'm just going to go with Oregon because Bo Nix, he's got to get his Heisman this year, man. The, can- the campaign, they've done too much campaigning for him not to back it up in a game like this. So I'm going to go with Oregon. There you go. They, they've done campaigning by way of their paid advertisements, bodacious, and they've done campaigning whether they knew it or not by the Auburn meme that was yeah. born many years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. this is having fun, man. This is the year he's just... win the Heisman, perhaps. perhaps yeah. This. What a drastic. Also, I will say this. If you do think Oregon wins this game, I don't know what the odds are right now because I haven't been paying attention. But maybe you look at Bo Nix, a bet on Bo Nix to win the Heisman if you're thinking that Oregon wins this game. Because right now we know, as we said, Penix is the odds-on favorite now. Yeah. If Oregon wins this game, you know Bo Nix is going to have a big game. Probably going to be the Heisman favorite if Oregon wins this game. He's plus four, like 50 right now, it's looking like. So that's it makes me wonder if we're going to get a commercial during the game for the Heisman campaign. Could we see that? I don't know. It, we've seen prime commercials with Colorado. Might get a commercial in there with Bo Nix. You never know. I think you're on to something. We'll go on I to think... SEC country, Texas A&M, Tennessee. I'm, I'm just rolling with Texas A&M. I think that they're really? a better team than Tennessee. I'm not okay. on Tennessee at all. I think that they are very overrated i don't think that they should be ranked i was lower on them entering the year i'm pretty sour on them i think the spread of three and a half says all you need to know uh that is a tennessee team playing at home there's only a three and a half point fair against a&m and jimbo fisher's reign uh potentially over at some point in the next few years um i i I think a&m had a really good shot to, to beat alabama last week and they kind of just Simple mistakes. They crystal yeah. ball different areas of the game before crystal ball, crystal ball, 
Miami later that night. Uh, as for Tennessee, their passing attack is not always in sync, and that worries me. Joe Milton has a rocket arm, 99 arms strength. The accuracy can it could be at 24 or it could be at 88. You never know what you're getting on a rep to rep basis. I want to take the, why I think it's the more consistent option in Texas A&M. I love their pass rush. Evan Stewart at wide receiver. I just, I don't know if there is a more gifted player. I feel like I say it every week, but truly Evan Stewart football is so effortless for him and it blows my mind. Okay, I think this is a night game in Knoxville. It is three. Oh, 3.30? It's a 3.30 Eastern. Okay, that does change things a little bit. I want to go with Tennessee here because I just don't trust Jimbo Fisher. And I can't, I couldn't tell you the last time that Tennessee's lost at home. Was it 21? Because I don't think they lost at home. No, like that man. atmosphere, that atmosphere is crazy. And I, that's something that I like, I factor into what I, what I believe will happen, but that pass rush, I mean, if they start getting to uh, Joe Milton and they make him uncomfortable, he's not going to have time to get the ball off. And then he's going to be throwing just, he's going to have that 20% completion rather than the 88% completion that you were talking about, despite having a massive arm. So I don't know, you might've talked me into Texas A&M, but I'm going to go with Tennessee because I, I just trust them that they're at home and I just cannot for the life of me trust texas a&m and that's basically that's it i I do i do think that texas a&m though is a better all-around team like that's that's for sure but that's the thing with them every year is like they have a lot of talent they just can't ever put it together so but they did play pretty well against alabama and they probably should have won it's just some critical errors that they made like they always do so but tennessee is who i'm picking there you go word next up is a big clash in the mountain west Air Force was a 10.5-point favorite against Wyoming. I was already prepared to take Air Force. I have them ranked 25. I have Wyoming, like, right on the outside. If they win this game, they would, they would be ranked. I think I would even keep Air Force depending on what happens because at the end of the day, thus far, I think Air Force is the best team in the group of five. I truly do. Uh, James Madison doesn't count because they can't actually, uh, you know, Compete, yeah. Uh, yeah, garbage, garbage rules. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, More I, dumb one, rules. Yeah, crazy. We don't Who understand why they implement, but they do. Uh, yeah. Speaking of college basketball, rip to Bellarmine. Uh, I mean, what are we doing? I know. Oh. Exactly. How they, they punish play. these teams for moving up and being so good so early and so successful. Beyond me, Merrimack a few years ago, robbing these kids doesn't make sense. I'm, I am taking Air Force, though. Like, I really do. Okay. I love this team. Uh, I think the way that Zach Larrier, their quarterback, orchestrates their offense, uh, it, it is truly amazing. Their offense is just a masterpiece to watch. The explosive plays that they'll have. Larrier is a track star, too. So you've got a track star at quarterback that's making the read, the great reads in an option game. It's frightening to play and they're the number one rushing offense in yeah, college football it, they have yeah. dudes 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 everywhere um i love this air force team i think that they are entering the season i thought they were the second best team in the mound west but i thought that there was a drop off from boise state to air force i think air force is the clear-cut best team in the mound west uh, i love wyoming as well i'm sorry to the pokes but i know it's air tough force team is 
dangerous and i don't think yeah. people are really realizing that yet because it's the air force like they're not going to get the respect dude football in the state of colorado is just taking a fascinating turn this year i mean it's like all there everybody's eyes are on that state which is just crazy and, and yeah i'm gonna have to ride with air force too on this one i mean i could not tell you the last time air force was this good or even really any of the military schools to be honest because this rushing offense is dynamic and explosive and it's it's fun to see it's fun to see and they're they're like favored by 10 and a half which is crazy because wyoming is a I mean, it's a it's a really good team that says a lot and i think what's gonna happen is people are gonna take the bait of wyoming plus 10 10 and a half yeah. 11 whatever and i think air force is just gonna whoop them but i just i yeah. think that's what's gonna happen these guys man they generate so many explosive plays. The words do not do it justice. This team, one of the, my favorite teams to watch in the country. My brother has jumped on the Air Force trip. He the the ship. He's had so much fun watching them. My friends are all in on Air Force. Everybody's in now. I'm they, in on Air Force. I'm I, gonna be excited for this I, game. I've got people tweeting me like slips of them bed in Air Force like. This is the most fun team I have to watch. They respect my money every week. Like, is this your I new love Ohio? These guys. Is I this your know. new Ohio? I don't. You don't know. know. I, I I love Ohio so much. I, I there's all there's always teams I just fall in love with, right? And that's the beauty yeah. of the sport because one season you might hate an Air Force team, and then a few years later you're loving an Air Force team, and I'm just I, I've never hated an Air Force team, but like I've hated <laughs> other teams. I've hated. I've hated other teams and like a few years later, like I've really come to love them in a certain season. Yeah. It's kind of just fine to think about. Like I've loved coastal in years past and this coastal team. I just, I don't feel the spark. Yeah. That's because it's, no, I get that. I get that. USC <laughs> Notre Dame is our next game. Um, This is another one of those kind of coin flip games. I really, I don't know where to go. Both teams have struggled recently um yeah what what notre dame just went through i think i needed to tweet this out i didn't tweet it out i think it could be best compared to so so they have the the ohio state game that they lose that they show one they have the duke game that they show have lost that they won and they have the louisville game which is just an emotional letdown spot there was a lot of fatigue and lethargicism shown lethargicism is even the word if not they were just very lethargic what it was it the best be, Louisville atmosphere I've seen in years. So. It, it was since Lamar. Yeah, it really yeah. was. But what I think that that three-game stretch could be compared to is a pretty good tennis player. And he's out there in a tournament. He makes the quarters, and he and he loses a match that maybe he should have won. Let's say he loses in a tiebreak in the third set. Then he comes yeah. back the next week, the next tournament, incredible tournament, wins it, some tough matches that he had to face fended off some some really tough like match points or something and, and that's the comparison to now the you know, beating duke surviving them then what happens the next week the next tournament well you were feeling the lowest of lows after the tournament you could have won a match you could have won then you win and you're riding high and then you come crashing down because your motivation's not there. You're thinking about last week, the week before. You're reminiscing about a tournament you just won. I think that's what happened to Notre Dame. I think that they were way too focused on the exhilarating defeat 
uh, of Duke and the improbable and how they flipped the script from a week before against Ohio State. And I just think that everything came crashing and they were lethargic against Louisville. And I think Louisville's a fine team. And it's crazy that that Louisville team could go 12 and 0 because I really don't think that they're that good. It's mind blowing. It I, is. It, it, it yeah. really is. And I don't know who to pick here because the second half of SC schedule, it, it's a gauntlet. And this is what yeah. we talked about so often coming into the season. There has never been a tale of two seasons more than SC's first six games versus their final six games. And it's not encouraging to see SC let Colorado back into the game and then struggle with Arizona. And they and they struggled with Arizona State a good bit. And you know, I kind of looked by that one, just just whatever. Well, if those issues are going to exist in these final six games, well, golly, my prediction of nine and three looks mighty good. It really does. And every day that Alex Grinch is employed is a mistake. <laughs> It yeah. is, it, and I, I, I don't know who I'm picking. I have it written down as I'm taking SC, and once I make a pick, it's final. I can't switch it. I just, I, I don't know who to pick. I, I was the spread. I really don't know. Who it, to pick. I looked at the spread. It was three Notre Dame, and I'm. I think I'm gonna take Notre Dame. I think I am too because Sam Hartman needs to have a game where he breaks out and like has a amazing performance besides the week zero game against Navy, you know, like he needs to carry them. And if he's going to do that, it's going to be against Alex Grinch's defense. It's like, so it's like, this is it. This is it. You know, this is your first words. There almost made me switch back to SC because that reminded me Notre Dame's offense is just a, it's it, the passing attack should be it's so bad. much more than this. They need to play fast. They need more strikes downfield. Use Mitchell Evans like Georgia uses Brock Bowers, like a cheat code, just unlimited stuff. And yeah, I, I'm taking Notre Dame though. I, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm gonna ride with you on this one. And okay, this is gonna be tough. It is gonna be tough because Marcus Freeman needs to step up big time as the head coach of this team like he's they're just riding this emotional roller coaster every week so like they they need to figure their stuff out that's basically this one's like it's a win loss for me because i because i had sd going nine and three and i said notre dame i really think that that's an a and 14 and like yeah we We could spend all day on it, man. It's tough. It's a tough one. One of them losing makes me look right, but if if one of them wins, I look wrong. Miami against North Carolina is up next. I have two words, North Carolina. I we could literally fly by this one, which is what I think Tez is gonna do because I don't know how that locker room is gonna recover for Miami. Like those images after that game, it looked it looked like a movie, dude. Like just some of the reactions, I don't know how they're going to be able to come out and emotionally go against this offense. And I, I think it's a, a storm's a brewing in, uh, in Chapel Hill. And I think that Miami's in for a very rude awakening. And what was supposed to be a pretty decent start to their season has just, it's going to fall apart like that. Like the big they win over Miami. A&M. Yeah, that's, it's Miami for you. Like everything looks like it's going right. And then it just doesn't. I, 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 I cannot believe 
that I ranked that team coming off their bye week because I had them under <laughs> and I ranked okay. them after the bye week and was like, I kind of I I felt like I was just overlooking it. So yeah. I felt like, you know, I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt, I'm gonna rank them. And in the back of my head the whole time was just like they they can't lose to Georgia Tech. There is no way. There is no way. There is no They can't way. lose to a team that lost to bowling green. There's just they no can. way. And, and then and, and then they do. It is stumbfounding. It is. And I feel awful for 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 every player on that team because not they while they didn't have their best showing, they still deserve to win a football game. They still deserve to be undefeated. Yeah. Exactly. And it was coaching malpractice. And I feel terrible for the kids. Exactly. There's they won the game. Like it was theirs. And then it's it's crazy. Um yeah, they did. They did. And I think North Carolina, the, the addition of Tez Walker takes this team from a good team to a really good team. He is that. Drake May, he's got his weapon. He's, he's, he's got his weapon. Finally. Yeah. Missouri, Kentucky's our next game. It, it, it's, it's a tough week. Like, maybe we should have had a coin flip for another guest picker because a lot of these yeah. games are truly toss-ups. Uh, I don't, like, I just don't really like this Kentucky team and I don't think that they should be ranked. I didn't think okay. that they should be ranked going into the Georgia game. I thought that the I thought that the beatdown that we saw was pretty expected. And I'm gonna take Missouri in this one. I think, hey man, throw Luther Burr in the rock and you're chilling. And yeah. Devin Leary was really good two years ago. He's been awful ever since. There is zero threat in Kentucky's passing game. I'm gonna just have to ride with Mizzou here and try it's, and, and trust. It's unfortunate because I like the Kentucky receivers, uh, Key and Brown. Like I think they're really good. It's just is Leary dealing with an injury or like still or he, what's going I on? I mean, he had gotten hurt in that 2022 season with yeah. NC State, and maybe still feeling the effects of that. He just looks like a completely different player than he did in 2021. It's really sad to see. Yeah, he's yeah. bad now. Like, he is just uh, – the Monstars took away his powers. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, it's it sucks because I wanted – I thought it was going to be a little bit closer than it was in my opinion, but I'm not, I'm not the expert. You are. And – I was proven very wrong about Kentucky in the Georgia game. Georgia destroyed them. So I think I'm going to ride with Missouri because they've looked at least impressive this year and they have a quarterback that it can at least get their weapons to the ball. Uh, so that, that, that I'll go with, I'll go with Missouri there too, for my, uh, my good friend, Scott Fisher. I'm sure he'll, he'll like to hear me say that. So there you go. And they do have a, a kicker who is pretty automatic. He can make it from 63. Yeah. I love Harrison Memphis. Yeah. America's kicker. UCLA, really? Oregon state. Uh, is our next game. This one is very difficult because Oregon State, I never thought Oregon State would give a 40 in the game, and they just did to Cal. I never thought yeah. they'd play a 52 to 40 game under Jonathan Smith. Like, that's crazy. Um, I think that what we're going to see, both these teams, uh, no matter who loses, they should still be ranked. Uh, UCLA becoming unranked after the loss to Utah was voting malpractice. Not sure what was going on with voters there. I'm going to take Oregon State here. 
because I think that their defense is going to lock in and play better ball than they have in the last few weeks. I think that's going to really dictate things here because while Dante Moore is special and he's going to be a first round pick in the face of an NFL franchise, as we, as many of us believe, he's still got to work some things out as a true freshman does. And that's okay. You grow at, you, you, you grow as you learn. You grow as you make mistakes. There's nothing wrong exactly. with that. I think yeah. I love what I hate doing the uh, two quarterback thing. I hate it. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. To a sense, I've been proven wrong here because I love what Jonathan Smith has done the last two games for Oregon State. He has scripted. He, he has told DJ. He has told Aiden Childs. Third drive of the game, Aiden Childs has taken the quarterback reps. He's our quarterback for a third drive. It is. It's interesting. It's fascinating, and yeah. I was, and I'm, I'm a huge Aiden Childs guy. I like, re- I, I think he's going to be a star in this sport. Yeah, I remember people levels. saying, uh, in uh, before the season, that he was the better quarterback in camp. Like that's he, what I. He is a special, special quarterback. Yeah. So, it, it's a fascinating and rare situation where I think playing two quarterbacks is good because it's doing. It's benefiting both guys. It's getting Aiden Childs reps, valuable Pac-12 reps before who knows what happens to Oregon State and what conference they'll be in next year and if Childs will even be there. And it's helping Childs get out good tape if he needs a transfer. I think it's a very nice thing of Jonathan Smith to do, whether he realizes that putting out good portal tape for Childs or not. But it is also motivating DJU. It is each drive following Childs coming in DJ looks like he's got people to prove wrong, doubters to become believers, and just he becomes this unleashed 99 overall quarterback that is making every throw, uh, just pristine pocket presence and mm-hmm. throwing zips downfield. And it, it, it again, I use the word fascinating because it just it's fascinating to see a two quarterback system, which is not even really a system. It's just one drive scripted for Childs. He gets a good rep. He helps the offense out. And then DJ comes in and is balling. It's crazy. So I didn't mean to spend so long on this game. Um, But one more thing is UCLA secondary, I think, is mediocre. The defense is phenomenal because the pass rush, the front seven. UCLA might have the best, like, they they've got a top three pass rush in the country. Latu Latu is is made so much money this season, and the matchup between UCLA's pass rush and Oregon State's offensive line is worth price of admission, man. I know, I know. Yeah. So you're going with Oregon State? I I am going with Oregon State. Yes. yes. Okay. All right. I think I'm also going to go with Oregon State. I have to pick both the Oregon teams this weekend, so I'm, I'm riding with the Beavers there. too. Yeah, I'm riding with the Beavers as well. So I I think that the uh I think UCLA, they like Chip Kelly, he's really fallen under the radar because people had such high expectations when he came to UCLA. They're like, he's <laughs> gonna revive the Oregon offense there. And to just see them be so good on defense is especially the front seven, it's honestly it's 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 refreshing. And I I'm just I'm just glad that he's at least doing good there, you know, like I'm just glad that UCLA is at least competitive. It's been so. a very up and down tenure for Chip. Uh, as yeah. a UCLA guy, sometimes I, I just love Chip, and other times I'm very skeptical. But I the concepts that they're on offense are 
incredible to see. There's a lot of innovative stuff, which I love. And I just love being able to take clips from a UCLA game and tweet them out like, they're on this, and this is pretty sick. And then seeing that yeah. NFL team possibly use that luck a little later is very cool. Um, we're going to go into our final game now. Montana, Idaho, ESPN2, big time. Uh, obviously, I'm taking Idaho here. I uh, Come on. Same. I, yeah, like Same. Idaho, Idaho sent me a shirt and then some stickers, which was pretty cool. I really appreciate that. That's awesome. That. Yeah. Then Montana head coach Bobby Houck said this after, after last year's loss to Idaho. They made a total of two plays on offense. Then when he was asked about the success of Javon McCoy and Idaho that, that they had through the air, he said passing yards are empty calories. Bobby, what are we doing? What are we doing? So what's going to happen here? A Montana team that all right, inexplicably lost to Northern Arizona. How did that happen? I don't know. We have an ESPN2 national broadcast late night at the Kibbe Dome. At the Kibbe Dome. I don't I know, know when the last time know. the Kibbe Dome was on national TV. Like on, on our TVs, on our monitors when we were playing NCAA football. Exactly. I That's why I'm really excited. You woke me up to something I was not. I did not realize was on my radar. You told me about this game, and I'm just like, I don't know, FCS? Am I going to watch this with my Saturday? I'm in. I'm all in. There I'm very excited for this. No way Idaho loses at the Kibbe Dome National Television. There is no way. Give me Idaho in this one by, by two touchdowns. I like this is a special team that can go all the way to the national championship and win the national championship. Javion McCoy is an incredible. They have the best quarterback receiver duo in the country. I'll leave at that. Javion McCoy Hayden. And they've got other good pieces too. Those two guys, Jason X and Elite Coach, Elite Social Media Team. I you, I love I Jason Eck. He's awesome. Yeah, he I do is, know a lot man. about him. The, so the, uh, the cannonball he did before the season, and just he's, he's a good guy. He's a character. He's a character, yes. and we need those guys. And maybe one day he'll be in the FBS, changing somebody's program around. We'll see. But yeah, I'm excited for this game. And thanks for telling me about it because I wasn't, I didn't have it on my radar, but now I do. And the mm. Kibbe Dome is gonna be rocking. And then in, in this era where so many so much realignment is happening, there's success from FCS to FBS, but the ultra rare case here of a FBS to FCS success story. Yeah. Very dope. Very dope. It is. All right, man. Well, that'll do it for our picks and everything. And that's going to do it for the podcast as well. I really appreciate you coming on, talking ball, complaining about rule changes, praising the Kibbe Dome. Kibbe Dome. (laughs) Making some coin flip picks. And I I really appreciate you doing this. Um, Yeah. Again. Thanks for having me. Yeah. For those listening, please make sure to go to Cole's channel on the YouTubes and and subscribe to him and, and give him some love and then follow him on Twitter and stuff as ads on the screen the whole time. So if you haven't followed him. Oh, thank you. You're thank tripping, you. You're tripping. So get that yeah. done. And, and any last words from you, Cole? I'm excited to see what happens in the Kibbe Dome. And thank you for having me on. And I really appreciate talking ball with you, man. I, I enjoy talking to a fellow sicko <laughs> as we are college football fans. We, we are, are sickos, proud sickos. <laughs> proud sickos, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thank you again. Uh, please, 
please make sure to uh for those listening on youtube watching on youtube to uh like and subscribe and comment below your prediction for the York and Washington game or some other game players you're looking forward yeah. to watching, et cetera. And can't wait to, to just talk ball. And we'll see you next week uh, for our recap of week seven.